Welcome to the Be Chic University podcast. I am your host, Brittany Austin. Be Chic U is a self-help resource for millennials. I discuss all things organization and productivity, career success, financial management, and entrepreneurship. Check out more on these topics from my blog at bechicu.org. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for tuning in to the Bishik University podcast. We are continuing our season with episode four of the transitioning to adulthood after college season. Such a long name, but I think it explains what it needs to. In this episode, we are talking about what you need to do to have the perfect place to live. We talked about just the financial aspects in episode one, but today we're on this topic again because your home is your sanctuary, whether it is an apartment, a home, a condo, whatever it may be, that is the place where you should feel most comfortable, be able to relax and unwind from your long work day. So without further ado, we're going to jump into the topic and hopefully you can get some golden nuggets out of it whether you've already settled into your place or you're still looking. So in 2016, I took on a role in real estate, which was highly unexpected for me, but I wanted a discount on my rent while in college. So I joined the leasing office team in my apartment building, and I also got my license in Chicago for being a leasing consultant. And in my time working there, I felt like I learned quite a bit to feel comfortable in finding my own place afterwards and knowing what to look for. So I just want to share a few tidbits on that today. The first thing that you want to keep in mind with looking for a new place is what your security deposit amount is and what the stipulations are for your security deposit. Is this something that goes towards your first month's rent or is it something that is just held on to until you move out? And for the latter, if it is held on to until you move out, what are some ways that you can lose money from your security deposit? That might include repainting of walls, a deduction for having a pet, or fixing a broken toilet. There are different ways in which an apartment complex, uh, owner, a property manager, whoever it may be that you answer to, There are many ways in which they can earn additional money off of you, even as a previous tenant. So keeping that in mind with your security deposit, ask what the stipulations are. And not only that, you want to look at what current damages or issues, seen and unseen, that might be affecting your potential space. These can be things that you discuss with the leasing consultant, owner, manager, whoever it may be before you move in because they have to share these things with you if there are any issues that they're already aware of. And even after you move in and you notice some small cosmetic things or even major issues, document that as soon as you move into your new place and share that with whoever you report to in order to minimize additional charges to you when you move out. Also, if you're living in a place such as a duplex, You might have responsibilities for lawn care or the sidewalk in front of your place. 
and this might be in an apartment building with more than two or three tenants as well. Understanding what you're responsible for is important before you move in so that these new responsibilities aren't sprung on you at the time that you have to fulfill them. And all of these things should be within your contract as well. So read your contract before you sign it. If you have questions, ask a trusted family or friend member and they should be able to help you decipher what's going on in that contract. Unfortunately, the person you're working with on that contract legally cannot explain to you what each section means. They have a financial responsibility to the owner of the place, whether that be themselves or someone that they work for, and they cannot interpret a contract for you. So you want to be able to share it with someone who you know and trust to interpret the contract for you if you have any questions or misunderstanding. And then the last few things are also financial. Be familiar with the rent payment process. If you're expected to send a check to the landlord every month, be prepared to purchase that additional stamp, envelope, and carve out that extra time that you need to turn in your rent money on time. Also, at the point of signing your contract, ask if there is a list of additional fees. As I mentioned earlier, there may be opportunities in which they can deduct from your security deposit when you move out because of minor or major damages. If you have a list of those things before moving out, ideally, when you move in, you can address all of them and get your security deposit back. And lastly, know what your exit strategy is. It's not ideal that you can always finish out your entire lease, whether you may get a new job or have financial hardship and need to get out of your lease early. Every place is different when it comes to that. So you want to be prepared to pay your um, fee to terminate your contract or know what the process is to find someone to take over your lease, whatever it may be, having that information at the beginning of the rental process is important. So the moral of the story here is ask as many questions as possible to save yourself time and money. You also want to make sure that there is no confusion. If you feel uneasy about a place that you're touring, make sure that you ask as many questions as possible to clear things up. And if you still feel uneasy after that, it's for a good reason and maybe you should look into a new place. So now that you live in your new place, you found the perfect fit, you want to make the best decisions to stay comfortable from month to month. And the first piece of advice I'd give in this area is to save a month ahead of rent for a nice cushion. In case something happens, if there's an emergency that comes up, you always have at least your rent money saved ahead in advance. One of the topics that I discussed in an earlier episode is developing a financial plan, especially for emergencies that come up. And this can be done through your regular budget or through an emergency savings plan. And this example is more so a part of your emergency savings plan. Although it isn't a general savings account or savings category, 
it's more so just setting money aside for rent. And if you needed to use for another emergency, you can do that. But the intention should be to have money set aside for rent in case something comes up. Something that also helped me a lot, even when I was in college, was keeping a list of utilities and the due dates for all of those bills. Especially when you're out of college and your utilities aren't as bundled as they are with the university or student housing. You have the opportunity to keep that all organized for yourself. So this organization is going to be as simple as having a list of all of the companies and the due date with the amount that you owe each. And this isn't necessary to use all the time, but I do highly recommend it for someone who is paying this many bills for the first time. Obviously, each month you're going to get familiar with everything that you owe and the approximate amount that you owe. But to get started, it is helpful to have a list of everything, especially when you're Paychecks may not be perfectly in line with each bill. You want to be as fully prepared as possible. Utilities are also super important because not only do you need a place to stay, but you need the basic things that come along with being in a home. So water, sewage, heat, all of that um, gas, like those things make it livable. Not just being in a home makes it livable. So you want to be on top of those bills more so than anything else. And I say having a list is helpful. Another helpful thing, just because I am a super organized person and I want to always be prepared for future things financially because I live on such a strict budget, is having the essentials or daily basics that you want to always keep on hand. Having that in the list as well. And things that I consider like that includes like dish soap, body soap, body lotion, Q-tips, pain medicine, just random but also necessary things that you don't have to buy often, but you always want to have it on hand. Whenever I get paid, I take a look at my list of essentials and check to see if anything is close to running out. And then I set aside money to purchase those things so that I'm never in a pinch where I have to run to the store because I ran out of something that morning. This list has helped me even back when I was in college and I had to travel on public transportation everywhere. I wanted to keep my number of errands and having to hop on the bus or hop on the train as um, short or small as possible. So I always kept myself super organized so that I can get everything in one clean sweep. And another thing to consider, you know, these days with something that is increasing all the time Our subscription services, especially with Amazon, they have different subscription options for daily items that we use or household items that we use. And that can be super helpful in keeping yourself stocked in what you need, only paying what you need to pay. They have super reasonable prices and not having to worry about it. It's one of those set it and forget it types of things. So that's how I kind of keep myself organized with my finances at home. And I think it'll help you as well. Whether you're new to moving to your place or you've been there for a while, but you just want to get more organized. Next, living with a roommate. And I know a lot of people are in this situation, especially right out of college, because you might be in an entry level position or you might be saving up for something else. And it's just financially responsible to live with a roommate. Keep in mind that just because someone is your best friend does not mean that they are the best person to be a roommate with. 
However, if you do set rules with them in the first place, you will be able to address any potential issues that you may have in the future. Nothing saying that you will have any issues, but if you don't already have the ideal system as your roommate as well, there might be issues if you don't discuss them first. I had the fortunate slash unfortunate opportunity to live with roommates in undergraduate and graduate school. Thank God I didn't have any crazy roommates or anyone um, who was really difficult to get along with. But there was a time where we had to talk through some things with one of my sets of roommates to make sure that we were all on the same page and we weren't getting on each other's nerves. And not going to lie, some of this came from the resident assistants and graduate assistants and student services department at my school. And it just was such a helpful thing to implement some of these things at least. And the first that I will talk about, and I know it seems kind of silly, but it is super helpful, is to develop a roommate contract. This is something that addresses common household tasks and you discuss that with your roommate about what system you want to put into place in order to make sure these things are done and done equitably. Did I say that right? Equitably. (laughs) I don't know, but you get what I'm saying. But um, essentially, these are things that you don't think of. Who's going to wash the dishes? How do you wash the dishes? Where do you put them away? These conversations need to be had early on so that one person isn't getting annoyed by the other or both ways. Having that contract makes it a priority for you to address things like cleaning the kitchen, cleaning the bathroom, what to do when you have guests, and other things like that. And I can list a a bunch of examples in my blog post for this episode for you to know what to talk about with your roommates in order to live in a comfortable, happy home that you have agreed upon how to keep organized and clean. Also, be honest about your personal space and your expectations of the shared spaces. It's one thing to have guests over that your roommate knows about, but it's another thing to have guests over that are unannounced. And I think that that is a major issue with roommates who have issues. One of the most common issues, especially when one roommate is being loud and boisterous with their friends and the other wants quiet time in their room, in their space, but they can't have that if people on the other side of the wall are loud. And this is also an indication that you may have a roommate that has a personality totally different from yours, but that doesn't mean that your situation cannot work. You just have to discuss what is the best way to maintain balance. And that just comes with the honest conversation with each other and understanding each other's personalities and always wanting to be at a place in which you feel your agreement is fair for both of you. So do you even know what your expectations are? What is your personal space? What is your preferred personal space? All of these things have to go into what your expectations are of your roommate. So make sure you have a conversation as well. Also, address future plans right away. If your lease is only one year long, you should talk about whether you plan to renew your lease 
even a few months into your first one. And that's because looking for a new place is a long process when you have to save money and do the search itself. So save yourself some headache or miscommunication later on and determine what your future plans are for your lease. Lastly, this has just been a pet peeve of mine and I think that things are um, addressed quicker and resolved quicker when you do this and that is not being passive aggressive but addressing any issues head on as soon as possible to avoid further damage and I've seen this happen with relationships with myself and roommates and with friends and their roommates if you are being passive aggressive that's not going to get anything done because you are expecting the other person to read your mind I believe the best way to address an issue is to address it right away in a respectful way. And if it's coming off as nitpicky because you're addressing too much, maybe you need to do some self-reflection as well to make sure that it's not a huge thing and it may just be that you're super anal about a topic or it might be something that truly is an issue for you. Be able to differentiate the two and address any legitimate concerns right away. I believe the quicker that you're able to address something in a respectful manner, the quicker you're able to move on. And then the last thing, my favorite topic I want to talk about, of course, is organizing your space and setting the correct mood or environment, you know, your feng shui for the perfect home, the perfect escape from the rest of the world. And these are things that you can do continuously, not just when you move in, which I love because I'm always thinking of new ways to organize the space or reorder some of the furniture and things like that to feel fresh and revitalized after spending time in that space and all of that. Before I go into my tips, I do want to call out a book that has changed my life called the Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. And she also has a show on Netflix about organizing your space and only keeping the things in your home that sparks joy. And it seems kind of silly. Well, more so, it seems very subjective. But when you understand the topic for yourself, you truly start to look at things around your home differently and ask yourself, Is this here just because I don't know how to let go of it? Or is it here because I truly want it here? And that has been something that has changed my view of my place and the cluttered mess that I have. I've been able to tame it a lot more. So definitely look into her book, The Magic of Tidying, and explore it for yourself so that you you can always love your space and feel comfortable in your space. Clutter literally induces chaos in your mind. So reading her book to get that under control is highly recommended for me. But other key topics in organizing your space and promoting the the calming and revitalizing mood that I have are few, but I think powerful. You want to build up your ideal decor and the general vibe and theme of your room slowly. You do not have to go out and buy a bunch of stuff at one time. 
spend boohoo money at one time. There are things that you can add to your space one at a time and feel better, feel happier, feel more complete with adding a few items at a time. So I really love that concept and I receive that as advice from like married couples as well as me and my fiance start to build our home. So definitely take that into consideration. And then also don't neglect your decor and comfortability, even if it's short term. So if you're in an apartment that is only for six months, only for a year, only for two years, and you plan on doing something different afterwards, don't leave it bare and uncomfortable because it's temporary. Do what you can with what you have. Make the space your own for the time that you have it without spending a lot of money. But don't neglect your personality within your space because it's temporary. That does not create a safe space for you when you are escaping from the cares of the world at your lovely abode. And then also kind of related to the book by Marie Kondo, you want to tidy up your space to maintain a clutter-free environment. And this truly does help your mind. Looking at an organized space where you know where everything is and belongs is helpful in understanding what's going on in your mind as well. It helps organize and clear up some thoughts that you have just by looking at an organized space. And I think maintaining at minimum the spaces that you use the most, which is probably your kitchen, living room, or whatever casual room you stay in to watch TV or do your hobby, and then also your bedroom, keeping those spaces neat and tidy on a daily basis is a great way just to start off by keeping that environment that you need at home. And then you can move on to decor, but just keeping it neat, showing respect to the space, showing that you love the space, you appreciate the space for what it gives you to revive at night before you go into your next work day is something that makes all the difference in the world and it costs no extra money. And then lastly, when thinking about how to create this ideal space for yourself, don't rack your brain for ideas that may not be coming to mind. Look for inspiration. I love using Pinterest, especially for decor. And that can make all the difference in the world and really get the wheels turning as to what you want to have. And I think that it will also help you find some ways to save money as well because so many people have their hacks that they share on Pinterest on how they were able to transform their space on a budget and things like that. So finding those resources and inspiration for your own space are out there. So definitely use them. And that's all I have for this topic today. I hope that it really helped you all who are looking for a place, new to your place, or you've been living there for a while, but you want to be a little bit more organized, a little bit more comfortable and financially free in your organization. I hope that this helped you out today. I do challenge you before our next episode that you find five things you like to incorporate in your personal space to make it your own, to make it your hideaway, away from the world, 
a place where you can revive, feel rejuvenated, and refresh, ready for the next day. How can you make it more inviting for yourself? Is that a playlist of soft music that you play when you get home? Is it adding pillows to your bed for comfortable lounging? Is it buying a new candle to soothe your mind through the scent? Or is it just adding a small space heater to your room for the colder months so that you feel a little bit more comfortable? There's many ways in which you can approach this and address how to make your room or your home, I should say, more comfortable and more inviting. Brainstorm those ideas and start to incorporate them one at a time. And I know that you'll start to feel a lot more home, whether the place is temporary or long term. Thanks again for tuning into this episode. I really hope it helped you all who are looking to get a new space or just feel more comfortable in your home. And this season is totally dedicated to those who are transitioning from college Whether that be two months ago, three months ago, or five years ago, we are always transitioning and we are always looking for ways to be better, more productive. And this episode was just to help you with your personal space. Be sure to subscribe to my channel, Bishik University Podcast, to get updates on new episodes every other week. And also check out my blog, bishiku.org. For more information on each of these episodes in a blog post format. Thanks again for tuning in. I truly appreciate it and I'll see you next time.